What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be giving you guys some of my NFL Week 1 takeaways and my reactions from some of the games that were played this past Sunday. Going to be talking about how I feel about Dan Campbell making his head coaching debut in Detroit. My guy, Jameis Winston, balled out against the Green Bay Packers. What's wrong with the Buffalo Bills offense after losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers? And lastly, why Jacksonville Jaguar fans should be worried. Now, if you are a new listener of the podcast, welcome. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on my social media platforms. My Instagram and Twitter is both at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on social media. My Instagram and Twitter is at JT Sports underscore. And lastly, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. The Detroit Lions lost to the San Francisco 49ers 41 to 33 on Sunday. Dan Campbell made his head coaching debut with the Detroit Lions. And This game was close, but it wasn't close in the way that I imagined it. You know, I thought that this was going to be a hard-fought game, which it was a hard-fought game, but I thought the Detroit Lions were going to, you know, push the 49ers to the edge, you know. I didn't think this game was going to start out so one-sided in favor of San Francisco. You know, I thought that this game would be a tightly contested contest from kickoff to the fourth quarter, but this game ended up being domination by the 49ers for pretty much the first three quarters until the Detroit Lions came alive in the fourth quarter. Now, I was not really surprised at the end result, and I was really surprised that there were a lot of Lions fans, a good amount of Lions fans, who expected to win this game. And the reason for that was because a lot of the Lions fans felt that coming into this game against San Francisco, they had the advantage because they had the new coaching staff and the 49ers were not going to know what to expect. And like I said in my preview and prediction of this game, I said that having a new coaching staff doesn't mean anything. It doesn't add the sense of unpredictability that a lot of Lions fans were thinking that they were going to have, you know. And as a matter of fact, you know, the Detroit Lions didn't really come out here and look like they were all that prepared. They had to make some adjustments, which they made some adjustments in the fourth quarter. And those things kind of worked because they ended up almost coming back and winning this game. But when you look at the Detroit Lions, I mean, the defense still hasn't really improved all that much, in my opinion, simply for the fact that they can't stop the run. And the reason for that is because their linebackers are not good like I'm 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 not really surprised that Detroit struggled against the running game of San Francisco the way they did their linebackers were not good that game and as a matter of fact we all knew that going into the season that linebacker was probably the biggest area of concern for the Detroit Lions going into this season now when you look at the offensive line okay Penny Sewell played pretty well Jared Goff played like Jared Goff Jared Goff, like I said, he's not going to win you any games. He's not going to lose you any games. You know, he started the game out really slow. Then he turned things on in the fourth quarter. But overall, I mean, like, 
I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in Dan Campbell. I mean, like, I was pretty I was pretty impressed, man, because if you ask me, I think Dan Campbell is already a far better coach than Matt Patricia because at least Dan Campbell, he got this team to fight. There are a lot of teams in the fourth quarter when they're down big, they just would have went down, they would have put in their backup quarterback, and they just would have gave up. But Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions kept on fighting. They were scrapping all the way to the very end, and that's what I wanted to see out of the Detroit Lions. I wanted to see this team fight. I wanted this team to be competitive, and this team was competitive in this game, even though it happened at you know the end of the game pretty much. They weren't competitive for a full 60 minutes, but I mean... That's what this is the kind of team that I expected out of Dan Campbell. I expected to see a team that's going to fight, they're going to claw, they're going to scrap, they're going to do everything that they can to try to win the game. And I was really impressed when I saw this team come all the way from behind because I watched this game for like the first couple of quarters all the way until midway through the third quarter when I decided to go ahead and watch the Eagles and the Falcons play because I thought this game was out of reach. And then I'm looking at the bottom line, and then all of a sudden, I just see the Detroit Lions scoring points out of nowhere. So, I mean, if you're a Lions fan, you shouldn't be too down on yourself. You shouldn't be too disappointed. I know everybody wants to win, but you really have to be encouraged with what you saw out of this Lions team. This team fought. This team did not lay down. They didn't give up. Under Matt Patricia, this team would have gave up. Dan Campbell had these had these men fighting to the very end. So if you're a Lions fan, you should be really proud of how this team responded in the fourth quarter. Now, this team has a lot of issues. Okay, Jeff Okuda went down. He's out for the season. So there you go. Corners kind of of a concern we already know that Detroit still isn't good against the run and on top of that I mean like Detroit's game plan in this game kind of wasn't all that great and that's what I've been telling people okay like having a first year head coach isn't an advantage as a matter of fact it's kind of a disadvantage because when you look at how the first year head coaches perform during week one nobody really won any games Robert Sala lost um Brandon Staley won his debut you can't really count Urban Meyer and Coley with Houston because those were two first year head coaches in the NFL facing off but like I told people I said prior to the start of this year from 2020 to 2019 and 2018 first year head coaches or head coaches with new teams were two 17 and 1 over the last three years in their week one openers and we saw that hold true like the first year head coaches didn't really come out on the winning end all that much outside of Brandon Staley with the LA Chargers so when I look at Dan Campbell moving forward you know I'm definitely going to be really excited to see what they do against Green Bay Monday night I think that's going to be a really intriguing matchup because you have Green Bay who just got smacked down by New Orleans and my guy Jameis Winston and then you also got to look at the fact that, okay, what adjustments does this team need to make? Because some Lions fans feel like this team is capable of being able to get into the playoffs. Some people like myself believe that this team can win six, seven games and be competitive. And the majority of people in the NFL world believe that the Detroit Lions are probably going to win two or three games this year. I already put money down that the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions will win at least six games. So I'm still hoping that that happens because if not, that's pretty much money down the drain. And so far right now, it looks like it's 
it's already money down the drain when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to touch on them later. But if you're a Lions fan, man, like this team fought, okay? This team even though you didn't come out with the win, even though this game was really, really one-sided and it was ugly, I mean, you fought and you clawed and you scrapped, okay? So I definitely feel like the Detroit Lions are a team that's going to continue to get better as we progress throughout the season. I never really expected Detroit to be all that great coming out the gate. There's still a lot of things that need to be figured out. And when it comes to having a new head coach and new coaching staff, like I was telling everybody, it's a disadvantage because the plays that worked in practice may not work in the game so then you got to try to figure out the plays that actually work in the game what some successful tendencies that you can develop during games like it's just a whole entirely different thing when it comes to being a first year head coach in the NFL you have to adapt and you have to continue to modify what you like to do that's part of being a good head coach good head coaches are able to make adjustments and Detroit was able to make some adjustments in the full quarter that they were able to find a way to claw back into this game and of course everybody's going to blame Kyle Shanahan for almost folding and things like that but I mean maybe the 49ers just got a little bit too lackadaisical and that's why Detroit is able to come back but overall I like how this team fought under Dan Campbell I'm still really high on this Lions team winning six games this year and I'm still pretty high on Dan Campbell yeah there are a lot of negatives to take away from this game but you clawed and you fought your way back into this game which is miles ahead of what I ever seen this Lions team do under Matt Patricia. We got to talk about my guy, Jameis Winston. A lot of you guys need to go ahead and apologize to Jameis Winston. All I heard throughout the offseason was, JT, you're just so biased because you're a Jameis Winston fan. He's your favorite player. He sucks. He's not going to be good. The Saints are screwed. And what did Jameis Winston do week one against Green Bay? Oh, he outplayed Aaron Rodgers. The bad man Aaron Rodgers was really looking like a bad man on Sunday because he wasn't good at all. He threw two picks. Didn't do anything. Meanwhile, my guy Jameis Winston went 14 to 20 for 148 passing yards and five passing touchdowns and also ran for 37 rushing yards. And I told everybody, I said, listen, Sean Payton is going to get the most out of Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, his first couple of head coaches, you had Lovey Smith, okay? Then after that, you have Dirk Cutter, you have Bruce Arians, two of some of the most aggressive play callers in the NFL. Jameis Winston essentially never developed under Bruce Arians and Dirk Cutter or Lovey Smith because essentially two out of three of those coaches pretty much were just pushing Jameis Winston to be aggressive. They never really helped Jameis Winston, you know, lower his turnover numbers because they just wanted to throw the football downfield so many times. So he goes to Sean Payton. Sean Payton is a guy who's all about taking what the defense gives you. Sean Payton isn't a guy who builds his offense predicated on big plays and throwing the football vertically. He's somebody who wants to have a methodical offense, an offense that's efficient. It may not be pretty. It may not be a lot of big downfield plays, but it gets the job done. And Jameis Winston having that LASIK surgery and sitting behind Drew Brees for the whole entire 2020 NFL season, that benefited him. And I don't feel like this is just a one-off occasion. Like, listen, people, Jameis Winston is going to dominate this year. Don't be surprised when you see the Saints making it to the playoffs this year. And don't be surprised when Jameis Winston ends up being a Pro Bowl. I tried to tell you, people. I tried to. But you guys are just so stuck on the media narrative. 
Jameis Winston with New Orleans right now is in the best situation that he's ever had in his NFL career. He actually has a good offensive line, which Tampa Bay didn't really give him until Tom Brady came in. Then they wanted to address the offensive line. He has Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Like, this is a great situation that Jameis Winston is in right now with New Orleans. And I wasn't saying this to be biased. I tell you people this, man. Like, I'm not biased. I'm unbiased. I just felt like Jameis Winston was going to ball out with New Orleans. And I picked the Saints to beat Green Bay. I made a bet with a lot of people. And I came up on a lot of money. So... For all you guys who think that this is just a one-off occasion, this is going to happen again. This will not be the first or last time that Jameis Winston continues to ball out. He's going to ball out for New Orleans for the whole entire year. And a lot of people forget that Drew Brees, when he went to New Orleans under Sean Payton, he was also somebody who's heavily turnover prone, who struggled with taking care of the football. And Sean Payton over the years was able to help calm that down. Now, Jameis Winston still is going to have some games when, you know, he's still on the football he's pushing the issue but yesterday or Sunday afternoon I saw a different Jameis Winston I saw a Jameis Winston that was going through all his reads and I saw a Jameis Winston that was making smart decisions with the football there was one play where Jameis Winston threw the ball out of bounds like this is the best play of the game in my opinion and it wasn't even a completion it was an incompletion Jameis Winston was going through all his reads he went through his first read his second read and his third read nobody was open but he did have the opportunity to try to force the issue and make a play and instead of trying to force the issue like what he would have done when he was playing for Tampa Bay uh back in 2019 he ended up throwing the football out of bounds like you guys don't understand how proud I am of Jameis Winston I really am proud of this man like I, I just look at this man and I just smile. No homo for all, for all you little kids in the comment section. But, like, I'm just really proud of Jameis Winston because I've never seen a QB get so much scrutiny for what he does to prepare for NFL season. Everybody wanted to make him a meme. Everybody wanted to criticize his offseason workouts. Like, there's not a right or wrong way to preparing for the NFL season. And a lot of the drills that Jameis Winston was doing in the offseason, if you're a young quarterback, that's impossible. Warner, middle school, high school, whatever level of football you play, you should be trying to replicate the drills that Jameis Winston did in the offseason because those are drills that replicate in-game situations. A lot of people just do these basic drills when they're just going through the agility ladder, doing their step back and doing their drop backs and whatnot. That's not preparing you for a real in-game situation because you're not going to be thrown from a clean pocket for the whole entire time. So Jameis Winston... I'm so proud of this man. Like, I'm so happy for Jameis Winston. He got shitted on so many times by people in the national media saying the Saints weren't going to do anything. And I don't really think anybody really chose New Orleans to beat Green Bay. Only a handful of people. I've been on this Jameis Winston bandwagon for over the last four or five years. Jameis Winston has never let me down. And I will continue to put my faith and my trust and my money on Jameis Winston as long as he is a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, I am really extremely proud of Jameis Winston and the performance that he had against the Green Bay Packers. And you want to know what's even better? Jameis Winston didn't have to do all that much. He only threw the ball 20 times. Back when he was playing with Tampa, he was throwing the ball, what, 30 times a game? 
He didn't have to be Superman. He didn't have to carry a team on his shoulder. And what's even more impressive is guess what? He threw no interceptions. I've been trying to nail this in people's heads, man. Like, stop listening to the national media of narratives that Jameis Winston is what he is. People can change. People can change. Just because you had a bad history in the past doesn't define your future. The only person who can control what happens in the future is you. Nobody else. Jameis Winston going to New Orleans and sitting down behind Drew Brees humbled him. He said that. That was a slice of humble pie. That was the best thing that ever happened to Jameis Winston. He had a chance to sit back and reflect. He had a whole year to do so. Sit back and reflect. Look at himself in the mirror. And just come and change. And he's an entirely different quarterback. Not only that, but he's an entirely different person. You see... I really cannot wait for the Saints to play the Tempe Buccaneers because Jameis Winston is going to light up Tampa Bay. And I, I really cannot wait for this, man. Like, you guys do not know how excited I am to see Jameis Winston play Tampa Bay this year. And I know we got a couple of ways to go. I know they're playing Carolina this week. But listen, man, the Jameis Winston ride is not over. We're just getting ready. I'm trying to tell you people, man. Jameis Winston is about to go off this year. He is. And on top of that, you want to know what he did? I don't think, unless you're a Saints fan, you can name me one wide receiver on the New Orleans Saints right now other than Michael Thomas who played. I don't think you can. Jameis Winston makes the people around him better. That's what I've been trying to tell you guys. Brashard Perryman was a bust until he got to Tampa Bay. He goes to Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston reunites his, reunites his career. What has Brashard Perryman done ever since he left Tampa Bay? Nothing. Went to the Jets, got cut by the Lions recently. Jameis Winston elevates the players around him. He didn't do this with a Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or OJ Howard. Most of the guys who are playing wide receiver for New Orleans, you never probably even heard of. And you probably don't even know about. So Jameis Winston did this with a not so great group of wide receivers. But it doesn't matter because as long as you have a good coaching staff and a good offensive line, you can win games and you can have success. Like I'm just so proud of Jameis Winston. And not just because I'm a Jameis Winston fan, but I'm really happy to see this man succeed. Literally. Like, at the end of this year, if Jameis Winston continues to play the way that he did, and he will, he's going to end up winning comeback player of the year over Dak Prescott. And he should, because this is going to be one of the most remarkable turnaround stories in NFL history. Got thrown aside by Tampa Bay for Tom Brady. They win the Super Bowl. He has to sit behind Drew Brees for a year. Learn how to get a slice of humble pie. And then he comes out and balls out. He outplayed Aaron Rodgers. He outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Why can't nobody say that? Let, think about it. Back in 2019, would you ever picture seeing yourself saying, Damn, Jameis Winston outplayed Aaron Rodgers? The bad man. 
one of the most talented QBs in NFL history. Outplayed by Jameis Winston. If I was to tell you before Sunday that Jameis Winston was going to have a better game than Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anybody would believe me. Jameis Winston, man. I'm so happy for this man. And not just because he's my favorite player. Like, I'm so happy for this man as a person. Because I know what he went through was not tough. He had to do a lot of soul searching. He had to change himself. He had to better himself. He had to. It's not easy going from the top to being the guy to being the, the backup. To being the third string QB essentially because he didn't even. Taysom Hill started when Drew Brees got injured. Imagine that. I'm just so happy for Jameis Winston, man. Like, I'm so happy. You guys don't understand how happy I am for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is a different QB. I'm just so happy for Jameis Winston, man. I'm I'm so happy. I could almost shed a tear right now. You guys do not know how happy I am for this man. I really am. I'm so proud of what Jameis Winston did Sunday. And this is going to continue. This just isn't no one-off occasion, man. Jameis Winston's about to put the lead and a lot of you doubters on notice. And don't try to hop on the Jameis Winston bandwagon. It's too late. You should have hopped on in the offseason. When all y'all were dissing Jameis and laughing at his workout routine. I was telling you guys. Jameis Winston is going to ball out. I've been telling you guys. But you guys keep saying, nah, JT is what he is. That's like somebody saying you can't change. All you got to do is put the work in. I'm just so happy for Jameis Winston. Moving on. So, a popular topic that I've seen floating around the Twitter world is, what's wrong with the Buffalo Bills offense? So, the Bills lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-16. And there were a lot of people... Who felt like Buffalo was not only going to beat Pittsburgh, but they were going to beat them pretty handily. There were a lot of Bills fans that came on my Pittsburgh Steelers versus Buffalo Bills preview prediction and say that, JT, I know you're a Steelers fan, but the Bills are going to smack the Steelers and they're going to, it's not even going to be close. And what happened? Well, Buffalo goes into halftime up and Pittsburgh comes out of halftime making adjustments. And Pittsburgh wins the game 23-16. Now you got everybody asking, what's wrong with Josh Allen? What's wrong with the Bills offense? There's nothing wrong with Buffalo's offense. Buffalo just faced a really good defense. That's all it is to it. You know, Stephon Diggs had his plays, but he didn't go off like how he was last year. Like he had his plays, but for the most part, I think the Steelers did a pretty good job, you know, containing Stephon Diggs. You can't. You can't, you're never going to stop a player the caliber of Stephon Diggs level. The only thing you can do is hope to contain him. And that's what Pittsburgh did. Pittsburgh got after Josh Allen. And it's not that Buffalo's off the line is terrible. It's just that you're going against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL with Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. There's nothing wrong with Buffalo's offense. Buffalo was 8 of 18 on third down. 
Like, Buffalo's offense is going to be perfectly fine. There's no reason for people to freak out. Devin Singletary looks like the best running back on the Bills roster. So I think the run game is going to be improved this year. I think that Buffalo's offense this season could be better than what it was last year, especially with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. You see... Here's why everybody's asking this question, what's wrong with Buffalo and Josh Allen? The reason why people are asking this question is because people are shocked. Because a lot of people's expectations were way different from Buffalo compared to the expectation that people have for Pittsburgh. A lot of people don't have Pittsburgh being a playoff team. A lot of people don't even have Pittsburgh having a winning record this year. So the fact that Pittsburgh went in on the road in Buffalo and got the win... It's surprising a lot of people. What a lot of people should be talking about is how good the Steelers looked. And that wasn't a good game on Pittsburgh's behalf. There are a lot of things that Pittsburgh has to clean up, especially when it comes to run blocking. But special teams showed up, the defense showed up for Pittsburgh, and the offense did what it had to do to win the game. But nobody's talking about that. Everybody just wants to talk about Josh Allen. And I find it crazy how Josh Allen just has one performance, which I don't even think Josh Allen played bad. I think Josh Allen played okay. Now, he didn't play up to the level that we saw him play last year, but I thought he played decent. But, you know, you got everybody in the, on the national need, media trying to switch up on Josh Allen after week one. Like, come on, man. It's week one. Are we Are we for real? Oh, are are we really going to do this? Are we really going to switch up on Josh Allen just because of one performance, which he didn't play bad in? He faced a good defense. One of the best defenses that the Buffalo Bills will probably see all season. And it was week one. Everybody's rusty. Everybody's still trying to get back into the flow of things. Preseason doesn't mean anything. Nobody's really going hard in the preseason unless you're a backup or somebody fighting for a roster spot. If you're a starter, the preseason, everything's at 50 to 60% speed. In the regular season, everything picks up. What Buffalo just happened to run into was a really good defense. Nothing wrong with that. I don't understand the narrative that people are trying to be like, what's wrong with Josh Allen? What's wrong with the Bills offense? Nothing's wrong. If you thought that Buffalo was going to go into that game and put 30 on Pittsburgh's offense, you were sadly mistaken. Unless Buffalo was going to be able to get some turnovers and get some extra possessions, that's the only way I really see any team putting 30 on the Steelers' defense. To put 30 on the Steelers' defense, you have to be really, really good. Because that doesn't really happen often. Yeah, you can say it happened against the Browns in the playoffs, but that's because the Steelers had so many turnovers. If the Steelers play a flawless game of offense and have no turnovers, that defense isn't giving up 30 points every week. It's really hard to score 30 points on the Steelers' defense. You have to be an incredibly skilled offense. I don't even think Kansas City, which they they play Pittsburgh later on in the year, is going to even crack 30. Like, as long as the Steelers don't turn the football over and the offense handles their business, the defense is going to show up. So there's nothing wrong with the Bills offense. If you're a Bills fan, just relax. Take a deep breath. You played a really good defense. That's what happens when you play a really good defense. They kind of take away what you do good. Buffalo was known for having all of these explosive big plays in the passing game. 
And we didn't really see that last week. Now, there were some plays when Josh Allen, you know, was Josh Allen making defenders miss. Like, there was a big run that I believe he had on third down when he was able to get out of a sack and keep the drive alive. I was like, damn it, man. We almost had him. Like, literally. Like, Buffalo is going to be fine. Like, why is everybody so quick to switch up on Josh Allen? Like, the reason for this is because nobody expected Pittsburgh to win that game. That's why, you see, everybody's thoughts about you are all centered around expectations. So instead of saying that Buffalo is overrated, Buffalo's not overrated. Just because you expected more out of Buffalo doesn't mean they're overrated. Don't confuse your expectations with what actually happens. Because just because a lot of people have the tendency to say, oh, this team's overrated just because they didn't live up to their level of expectations. They weren't overrated. You were just wrong. And a lot of people were wrong about Buffalo against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense was really good. Surprise, surprise. It seems like people forgot that. Because with all the reactions that I keep seeing and everything I keep seeing on social media, I'm like, damn. Do people understand that this is the Pittsburgh Steelers that we're talking about? This is a team that has had one of the best defenses in the NFL for over the last decade. One of the best defenses when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback. Like, why all of a sudden has everybody just forgot about how great the Steelers defense is? And I know a lot of you guys haven't forgot, but that's what it seems like because all I hear is, what's wrong Josh Allen? What's wrong with the Bills offense? Nothing's wrong. There's nothing wrong with Buffalo's offense. They just played a really good defense. Hell, Buffalo's offense last year when they played Pittsburgh, like they kind of got neutralized. The Steelers' defense was pretty good in that game. So there's nothing wrong with Buffalo. If you're a Bills Mafia, you don't have to be worried. You don't have to be concerned. You face one of the best defenses that you will face all year. Week one. You just got to give it time. Everything's going to come back. Everything's going to mesh. Everything's going to jail. I'm not about to overreact to a week one performance. Even though I'm going to overreact to Jameis Winston's performance because that's my guy. You get what I'm saying? But coming from a Steelers fan, Buffalo is going to be fine. If the Steelers play Buffalo again in the playoffs, which there's a high possibility of that happen, happening, then things definitely could go in a different direction. So, nobody should really be worried about Buffalo's offense. Like, that's kind of irritating me. Enough people aren't talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers winning against Buffalo. We should be talking about that. Not about what's wrong Buffalo's offense. Let's talk about how good that doggone Pittsburgh Steelers defense is. But, you know, everybody was thinking so lowly of Pittsburgh. And I've yet to see one person make a positive video about Pittsburgh's impressive win against Buffalo. Just saying. Last thing we have to talk about, we have to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh boy. So, if you guys haven't been subscribed to the channel for a while, back when I did my NFL record predictions for this year, I said that the Jacksonville Jaguars would win six or more games and actually put some real money on this. So, I have real money on the Jacksonville Jaguars winning six games. Now, Jacksonville lost to the Houston Texans 37-21, and I promise you this game was way more wopsided than what the final score indicates. This game pretty much was a blowout. The Houston Texans were well-prepared, they were better coached, and Urban Meyer and his coaching staff simply did not look prepared in this game. They didn't make adjustments. I was really disappointed with the performance that the Jacksonville Jaguars had week one, and maybe... 
I suffered a similar fate that a lot of people had when it came to the narrative about the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody has these high expectations for Buffalo and everybody doesn't have high expectations for Pittsburgh. Everybody has low expectations for the Steelers this year. Well, everybody, myself included, has low expectations for Houston. And, you know, everybody has pretty low expectations for Jacksonville, but, you know, there's higher expectations for Jacksonville than they are for Houston. Simply for the fact that everybody believes that Houston has the worst roster in the NFL. Well, Houston was a really well-coached team. And remind you that Houston also has a brand new head coach as well. And yet, it looked like this Houston Texans coaching staff was one step ahead of the Jacksonville Jaguars for the whole entire game. Urban Meyer and this staff, like, did they even try to make some damn adjustments? Carlos Hyde led the Jacksonville Jaguars in rushing attempts. You barely use James Robinson. James Robinson is a better back all around than Carlos Hyde. Better runner and better catching the ball in the passing game. And they barely use James Robinson. How do you barely use the best player on your team last year? Are you are you kidding me? And yes, I do have James Robinson on a couple of my fantasy football teams. So yes, this just comes from a little bit of frustration from that standpoint. But damn. Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions. I'm not concerned about his three interceptions. Andrew Luck threw three interceptions in his NFL debut, I believe. There's been a bunch of players who have thrown three interceptions in their first game ever playing and end up having great careers. So I'm not concerned about that. What I am concerned is Urban Meyer and his staff. And the defense, okay, I don't really know what to think about the defense because... They had to come back on the field for three turnovers. So, of course, the defense wasn't going to play all that well. But even then, the defense still didn't look all that great. The defense still doesn't look that improved. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't look any better this year than what they did last year. And that really concerns me. Because I think that Jacksonville is going to win six games. Or at least I thought. And I don't really know. But I'm concerned. And if I'm concerned... You Jacksonville Jaguar fans should be concerned. You can say, well, JT, it's just week one. You can't listen. In the preseason, this offensive line didn't look good. The offense didn't really look all that great. And a lot of people had a lot of criticisms about Urban Meyer. There were a lot of reports coming out that the locker room, there are already some players that aren't really sold on Urban Meyer. So I feel like week one was really important for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. And we still have a lot of football left. We have 16 weeks left. This is a 17-week season. So there's still a lot of football that has to be played. But sometimes you don't need to wait long to see the red flags when they're up in your face. If you take a girl on a date and you already start to notice some red flags, you don't need to take the girl out two more times to really legitimize the legitimacy of those red flags that you saw. When you see red flags, you have to acknowledge them. And I understand this is week one, but I already see red flags with Jacksonville that have to be acknowledged. And you Jaguar fans can't ignore them. Be honest. Be, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. As a Jaguar fan, ask yourself, did this team Sunday look like a better team than what we saw last year in 2020? Ask yourself that. I would say no. I was really disappointed with the Jacksonville Jaguars performance. Jacksonville got out coached. They looked outmatched. And Houston doesn't have a better roster than Jacksonville. But he had 
a better coach. They were a better coach. And that's why I try to tell people, talent doesn't matter if you have a good coach. If you have a good coach, you can scheme up ways to win. This is in this is the NFL. Aaron Meyer didn't look prepared. There are a lot of players right now, right now, who have formerly played, who have been heavily critical of Urban Meyer. Um, Uchi Ranieri used to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a former offensive lineman, was really good, one of the best players in Jacksonville Jaguars history. Um, make sure that you go ahead and check out his YouTube channel, The Urban Lineman. He already pointed out that Urban Meyer and Jacksonville Jaguars were going to have some problems. And this was in the preseason. And I would kind of just, you know, waved it off because I'm like, man, it's just the preseason. They'll get it together. But no, it's still similar problems. Like, I'm really concerned about Jacksonville. And I have money on Jacksonville winning six games this year. So this just isn't coming from somebody that, oh, JT, you're just hating on Jacksonville. I'm from Jacksonville, okay? I've, I've moved to Jacksonville when I was like three years old. I don't have any reason to hate Jacksonville. I want to see the Jacksonville Jaguars succeed because, trust me, there's nothing in Jacksonville. So when the Jacksonville Jaguars are good, that's pretty much the only thing there is to go to in Jacksonville is Jaguar games and the scooters downtown. There's no landing downtown in Jacksonville. That pretty much is shut down. Well, not shut down, but it's just nothing there. There's nothing really fun to do in Jacksonville. So when the Jacksonville Jaguars are good, that's one of the positive things about the city. So I want to see Jacksonville succeed. But at the end of the day, you have to look at the red flags. There are a lot of red flags about Urban Meyer. And now I'm not talking about when he decided to bring in Tim Tebow. I don't care about it. I don't care about, you know, the reports out there that, you know, he factored in unvaccinated and vaccinated players into his roster cuts. Because I'm pretty sure almost every team had that as a factor. Because if you have a player that's unvaccinated, that can end up causing, you know, you to lose a game or something like that. So, of course, everybody wants to have, you know, the players who don't put their team at risk the most. And I'm not saying anything to, you know, contradict the virus, anything like that. I'm just saying that Urban Meyer isn't the only coach that, you know, factor the player's vaccination status into them making or not making the roster. I'm pretty sure almost every team in the NFL did the same thing. Nobody just said it. And the way Urban Meyer did. And Urban Meyer, like the way he, he handles the media is kind of, you know, really puzzling. Because this is a guy who was really good, a really good college football head coach, one of the greatest head coaches of all time in college football. So I thought he would be a little bit better handling the media than what he is. But there are a lot of things that Jacksonville needs to correct and they need to do it fast. Because I'm not ignoring the red flags. You can say it's week one, but sometimes there are flags that you see in week one that end up being the Achilles heel for the whole entire season. There are a lot of things that need to change drastically in Jacksonville really fast. I am concerned. Really concerned. Jacksonville was 3 of 11 on third down. Really disappointing. Carlos Hyde, no way or any fashion for the rest of the year should ever, and I mean ever, have more carries than James Robinson. I don't give a damn what the situation is. James Robinson should be the lead back, and Urban Meyer barely got him involved. I don't care. 
about how the game was going. James Robinson should have been in. Carlos Hyde, no way or faster should have had more carries than James Robinson. Like, are you serious? Carlos Hyde. When's the last time Carlos Hyde was actually good? Literally, that, that irritates me. Tyrod Taylor had a really good game. A really good game. I'm really happy for Tyrod. I'm a huge Tyrod Taylor fan. He got done wrong in Buffalo, got done, got done wrong in Cleveland, and got done wrong with the Chargers last year. So I'm really happy to see him succeeding with, te- with the Texans so far. But when you look at Urban Meyer, I'm really worried. And if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, you should be worried too. So that's it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Make sure that you go ahead and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you go ahead and share this podcast on your social media pages with your friends, family, and acquaintances. Also, make sure that you go ahead and leave a five-star review. Follow me on my social media pages. My Instagram and Twitter is at JT Sports underscore. And I will see you guys next time for another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.